Please note that this episode of Petty Crime South Africa contains descriptions of people and other things. All names and voices have been kept exactly the same. Obviously, this person stole this piece of my car for his car. Yes, we suspected everyone in the neighborhood. I did have this this idea of just literally just digging him. Violence, armed robbery, assault, hijacking. All words too common in the South African lexicon. So much so that they cast the spotlights away from indiscretions that go unnoticed, lurking in the shadows of society's most pestilent underworld. I want to meet the forgotten victims of heinous acts of inconvenience. Join me, a professional amateur sleuth, as we try to solve the cases that plague ordinary hard-working people and also trust fund beneficiaries. And maybe we can close this chapter of trauma on their lives. My name is Phil DeLunger, and this is Petty Crime South Africa. It has been said before on this podcast that the average South African car is probably the most opportune vessel for theft in the country. With 11 million vehicles on our roads, it is estimated that at least three in seven people won't double-check to see if there are any visible items on display for the common street criminal to help themselves to. There has been somewhat of an evolution of our security checks before leaving a parked car. From the 2000s, when we would hide a radio face under the seat, to the more modern technique of placing your Nike jacket from Belleville Station in the boot. Some have gone so far as to place visible deterrence for thieves such as immobilizer alarms, stickers that say beware of the snake, and other visible deterrents, like Danny Kay albums. Sometimes a criminal takes advantage of a situation that doesn't involve a visible item up for the taking. Today we meet another unfortunate victim of a car violation. A software and marketing specialist whose name makes a J with a Y sound, Anya. So I didn't actually realize it in the moment. It was the next day. Um, we didn't hear anything, obviously, you know how it goes. Um, and the next day when I got to my car, I was like, something doesn't look right here. Um, and then I saw that the front spotlight shroud was, was stolen, so the light cover. Um, and it was a bit weird. I thought to myself, you know, maybe it fell it was just, it, fall, it fell off my car at some point. I mean, it's it's hard to say that someone would steal something that, you know, random. Um, and then, yeah, just having a closer look at it, I just felt that something wasn't right. So we looked at the camera footage. Um, we had cameras facing the road, so we could quite easily see um, if something had happened. And yeah, that's that's when we saw that it had been stolen. I feel it is my duty, dear listener, to present this delicate case in a way that might be easier for you to understand, since I am the virtuoso in semi-amateur forensic investigative practices. If we liken the vehicle to a human body, the grill would be the teeth, the bonnet would be the forehead, and the lights would be considered the eyes. The light shroud 
could then be seen as the eyelids of the car, which means that our suspect physically removed the eyelid of a car. We were dealing with a potentially violent psychopath. When you say you saw that it had been stolen, did you see a suspect on camera? Yes. So what we saw was that, you know, it was a, I think it was like 1 or 2 a.m. in the morning, a car very similar to mine drove past the house and then parked on the side. Well, this is what we believe happened because um, unfortunately the cameras on the side of the house were fairly grainy. Um, but then we saw this guy walk, you know, towards my car and then, you know, taking so much time, <laughs> like a lot of time to do it, just, you know, taking the, the light shroud off. Um, and that's what we could see from the cameras and then walk back to his car. And so, yeah, the, the thought here is that obviously this person stole this piece of my car for his car. Can you describe the suspect? So, yes, I can. I think what has been probably the thing that stood out the most to me was how, how nicely dressed he was. From what we could see, a very nice, neat looking dude uh, wearing, you know, like modern clothes, very nice sneakers, um, driving a nice car, I think. And it was that actually irritated me even more. It, I felt that he probably had the means to just buy this light shroud himself. And I think that was even worse to see. Now, what would you do if you were to run into the light shroud thief? That is a very funny question. Um, you know, in time, this anger has faded, but in the moment, I did have this this idea of just literally just digging him. Like, how dare you steal this thing off my car? It cost me so much money. Um, so yeah, I did visualize myself doing that at some point, but now I feel like at least in hindsight, I can laugh a little bit about it. Have you ever gone looking for this light cover of yours? And have you, would you think you'd be able to spot it on a similar car? <laughs> um, this is a very good question. So after this, my husband and I were so annoyed by this that yes, we suspected everyone in the neighborhood. So we would drive up and down. We saw, we saw two cars similar to mine in the color that we could see on the CCTV um, footage. And it was very dramatic. We'd get out and go look at the light shroud. But I mean, how could you ever know that it is the same one as yours? Um, we would also, if we just drove to neighboring um, yeah, places like I think in Woodstock, for instance, I'm sorry for context, this happened in observatory. Um, we would see cars there and we would be like, okay, wait, maybe it's this one. And so, yeah, we, we definitely thought that we were, you know, kind of going to find this person. But in no way would you ever be able to do that. And, and the cops obviously didn't take us seriously either. So, yeah, nothing happened. So you went to the cops. You had to fill out a report. Yes. Um, yes, I went to the cops and yeah, it was definitely not a top priority for them, unfortunately. Um, yeah, even when I filled out the, the form, I kind of felt a bit sheepish doing it. But for me, obviously I had to do it for insurance purposes as well. But for me, it was also just um, you do need to report every single crime, no matter how petty it is. Um, and yeah, we just felt like we had to do it. But definitely they were a little bit annoyed by you know, the, 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 the petty crime. It was obviously very petty in their eyes as well. 
Surprise, surprise. The South African Police Service is of no help to victims of crime that go unnoticed. Who are they to say that a case of a stolen light shroud is any less important than a case of 1.5 trillion rand stolen from state-owned enterprises by a former president and a family from India? I, for one, am here to try and put these so-called petty crimes to rest and give the traumatized some peace. Some have called me the Robin Hood of investigation. I steal the truth from mystery and give it to the poor, victims of petty crime. But as South Africa's number one amateur crime sleuth, I don't enjoy labels. Back to our episode. Anya with a J feels frustrated that she had witnessed a well-dressed, tactless man mutilate her car and walk away with her vehicle's light shroud. His heinous nature seemed to rub off on us. In asking about the price of the stolen item, I seem to have unlocked a more vindictive side to both myself and Anya with a J. How much does a replacement cost on this item? That is a very sore topic. Um, I thought, you know, it's just, it's a light cover. It's a piece of plastic. Surely it's not that expensive. It was horrendous to try and source the light shroud as well. No one, the Opals in our country just didn't have it. So it took ages to come into the country. Such a pain. Um, but unfortunately, it by, I think it was 3,500 Rand in total. Um, and that excludes you know, the labor of putting it on. So I don't recall how much that was, but the light cover itself was that amount. Do you think that this was perhaps punishment for driving an Opal? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> that is extremely funny. Um, no, uh, yeah, possibly, you know. <laughs> not the coolest call around, definitely not. But um, no, you know what it could be punishment for? When I bought my Opal, it was a second-hand car. And for some reason, the dealership put a Nissan um, number plate, I don't know what you call it, the number plate holder on my car. So I have an Opal with that Nissan yeah, like label on it. And it is always so confusing. People see me and they always tease me about it. So I feel like that may have been the karma coming back to me. <laughs> don't you kind of wish that uh, the guy had stolen the number plate holder instead? You know what? He would have done me. Yeah, he would have done me a solid. He should have done that rather. <laughs> oh my gosh! Have you ever considered finding a car similar to yours, and then um, just restoring balance in the universe by by stealing that light shroud? I feel it would just be this endless knock-on effect and. I don't want to contribute to that, but I did in the moment think, you know what, that is so scalum, but also so smart at the same time. When I saw what he did, I was like, in a way, I can I can respect the hustle as well. So you are saying that um, you actually respect criminals? No. <laughs> but you do respect the hustle, though. You know... If I had to think about it, if I had to 
not be myself and the person I am and I could just see it from a different perspective. Yes, I guess I could respect the hustle a little bit, um, but no, not the crime. <laughs> we live in South Africa. We can't do that. I got to work in trying to solve the case of the stolen item. I needed to go on foot to search for the shroud belonging to an Opal car. Anya with a J told me the crime took place in Observatory Cape Town. She also mentioned that it was a well-dressed man, something hard to find in the suburb of Observatory. I knew I would be putting myself in danger as we've deduced that our suspect has no issue removing body parts like eyelids. But what I encountered in Observatory was something I should have seen coming, something synonymous with the Bohemian suburb, something that left me in even more danger than what I was ready for. White people with dreadlocks. How's it, my brother? No! You want to buy some buhu tea, my bro? Leave me alone! For my own safety, I needed to escape and treat this case like a woolly shopping bag or home affairs application. Stuffed away somewhere, forgotten in mystery, just like the light shroud belonging to Anya with a J. If you or someone you know has been a victim of petty crime and need my expertise to solve the case, please hire a psychic medium to get hold of me on the astral plane at sunset on a Tuesday. Petty Crime South Africa is brought to you by All Ears FM. Conceptualized by Phil DeLunger, produced and edited by Phil DeLunger, written by Phil DeLunger, with investigations and interviews from Phil DeLunger. A special thanks to Anya with a J and also to Phil DeLunger. Petty Crime South Africa, real people, petty crimes.